0: Welcome back to the Metal Exchange. Justin and Chris here with you for another week, and uh, it's the first Monday of the month, which means it is Request Week here at the Metal Exchange. How are you doing, bud? Very good. Uh, It's it's a good week, Um,
1: and we have uh, more than just the the usual um, for you uh, fans out there, so... um,
0: yeah, just to, to give you a little background, this was uh, a request that we had received from Matt Craig, a longtime listener of the show, and he had sent in a couple, and one of the ones that he wanted us to cover was Emerald Seas by Seven Spires, the Boston-based um, American symphonic metal band. And, and obviously, we were happy to oblige, and, and, and we looked forward to talking about this. But before we even you know, do a deep dive into the album, you want to tell uh, everyone a little bit about what's to come later in the week? Sure, we,
1: uh, we had a... Uh... We had the the pleasure of speaking to uh, Jack Costo and Adrian Cohen, who are both um, members of Seven Spires, and we spoke to them for a little under an hour. And, and so on Thursday morning, we're going to drop that interview, so it'll be a nice little uh, companion piece to this episode. So um, we're, we're trying to to try to wrangle up um, more interviews when we can, and, and when we when we do much like we did with Shadow Gallery and this week uh, with Seven Spires, we'll be dropping those on Thursday. So you'll get your normal episodes Monday, and then if there's a a companion piece that we can provide, those will drop on on Thursday morning. Well well said.
0: Um, Did you listen to anything else this week uh, while you were uh, doing work or whatever?
1: Yeah, um, I I, I posted a new playlist, um, which uh, I think – I posted the other day and I was listening to that a lot. And, um, I, I'm, I'm really digging the new Sabaton single, the Royal guard. Uh, you know, it's nothing you wouldn't expect from Sabaton, but you know, it's, it's just, you know, great stuff, typical catchy, uh, probably going to sound incredible live. Um, and, and I'm sure we'll discuss it, but I also got to uh, listen to the new seven spires single, the cursed muse a bunch of times. Um, and that's really good, too. And, you know, we'll probably go into a bit more of uh, of that as well. Um, and did we get a chance to mention um,
0: Bodom After Midnight last week? You know, I think I, I don't recall, but you know what? I think it's worth another mention because they, they came out with a three track uh, EP. I guess this will be the last release, uh, you know, from them or what have you. But it was awesome. And I, I it, it really made me sad because I kind of wanted to hear more.
1: Yeah, I, I enjoyed it quite a bit, and and it's it's almost kind of funny that that they had to slap a different name on this thing because I mean it's just classic Children of Bodom sound that you would come to expect from them. But nice that they were able to squeeze out um, you know three more songs even after uh, Alexi passed away. So that's that's cool. And uh, yeah, I guess that that's uh, that's pretty much it. Um, exciting news also. Uh, from the Prague power world that we got brothers of metal uh, coming in to replace um, unleash the archers who uh, won't be able to play in June next year. So I'm really, I got to listen to uh, brothers of metal for the first time in a while. And that got me excited about seeing them in Atlanta next year. So uh, yeah, that's pretty much it for me.
0: I got um, a three things that I really, um, Want to mention, first of all, I haven't had a chance to listen to the whole thing, but the new Poverty's No Crime album came out. They're a prog metal band from Germany, and this is actually their eighth release. They've been around since like 1995. Um, Back in the late 90s and early 2000s, they were kind of cranking out albums every two or three years, and I loved all of them. I thought that they were just fantastic. But then since about 2003, they've kind of pushed everything back where you get a release every five or 10 years, it seems. Their new one called "A Secret to Hide." Uh, I'm about halfway through it, and I'm just going way back to. It's almost like a warp uh, time warp. I'm really, really digging it. It's it's, the production is excellent, and it's kind of, I guess you call it paint by numbers Prague, which is kind of uh, uh, an oxymoron considering you know that it's quote unquote Prague. Really, really, really good stuff, and I have a feeling that um, as I listen to it more. may wind up on my end of the year list i'm just really loving that so that's number one uh, number two a band had been recommended to me uh called Psychwork. um they are a finnish i guess melodic metal band with a touch of power metal here and there um i had never heard of these guys before they came out with an album in 2018 called corellian hills I'm really digging these guys. They have a fantastic singer, which a lot of the Finnish, you know, melodic prog and power metal bands do Where The singer just, I don't know how he's able to, to, to shine over these, you know, blistering guitars and stuff like that. But the guy, the guy's got a phenomenal, phenomenal voice. His name is Anthony Providen. Um, I'd never heard of him before. I think he had done work with a band called the Magnificent, but I, I just never really paid that much attention to it. Um, he also, I guess this is worth noting, he was in a band called Machine Men, um, who, who released a bunch of albums in the late, in the early 2000s. They kind of sounded like Iron Maiden and I, and I love them, but he just kind of went dormant for a while. Really, really enjoying his work here and, and, and I'll post something by them during the week. Um, I definitely missed it in 2018, but I am looking forward to whatever comes out in the future from them. And finally, a uh, shout out to a longtime listener and friend of the show, Uncle Knops. I have an album that I am specifically mentioning for you. There's a band out of Australia called The Stranger. They are a prog metal band who released an album called Kaleidoscope. It just came out. This album is amazing. It's kind of in the whole Caligula's horse um, realm in terms of just like that modern Prague style phenomenal stuff and and as a big Haken fanboy you will absolutely go nuts for this album so if you're listening Uncle Knops I know you are The Stranger Kaleidoscope definitely check that out
1: yes I did get a chance to listen to one of the singles from that album and I enjoyed it quite a bit um, and it's definitely right up Knops's uh, alley um, I believe the song was uh, I forgot what the song was but it was good. I liked it. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, and, and you know what? Guess what? I just looked at this list, and now I'm reminded of um, of more stuff. And the song was The Gemini, now that I look at it. Um, but um, I, Glenn from Prog Power had uh, recommended this, uh, another, I believe they're Australian band called Acolyte, and they have a song called Entropy, which is like another, I think we discussed the same thing with the new Halloween single, where it was like the, the edit was longer than most songs and this is this is no exception this is like a nine minute edit i guess the when the full album comes out of the full version of it but um i believe glenn called it like voyager meets i i think he named like an eight like an 80s um you know, like an eighties pop band or something. And was it the Eurythmics e- or something like that. Yeah, or- i been the Eurythmics. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's awesome. Um, I really enjoyed it. And then um, also um, Mike Craya who um, recommended Megadeth uh, or, or requested Megadeth a couple weeks ago, he recommended a band that he discovered called while she sleeps, which is more of a, a core band, but um, uh, there was a song called enlightenment that um, I, r- I'm really enjoying quite a bit. That was the song he enjoyed the most. So he, He sent that, uh, my way. And, and, uh, so that made its way, both those songs made their way onto the, uh, the playlist, the new playlist that I posted and, um, the, uh, the stranger song, the Gemini will be on the next
0: playlist whenever that drops. So just wanted to mention those as well. Looking forward to that. It's a good way to keep up, um, with kind of the comings and goings and just, you know, kind of, kind of some of the stuff that we're listening to separate and apart from, um, the stuff that we cover here on the, on the podcast, uh, you know, as we, as I said, this is the first week of May. So the first Monday in May. So that means it's, it's request time. Keep them coming. We keep a running list and we kind of hit them, at, you know, intermittently, obviously on the, on the first Monday of the month. And then, you know, we'll sprinkle other requests in as as they come in as well. So definitely keep the requests coming. And obviously the likes and the follows and the social media interaction is not something that we only enjoy, which we do, but it also helps other people find the show. So keep that coming. We appreciate it. Uh, and with that, we, we will cover Matt Craig's uh, request of seven Spire's emerald seas which came out on february 14th of 2020 this was the band's uh second release and they are kind of new in the in in the symphonic metal world but kind of taking it by storm would you would you agree with that uh without a doubt this uh
1: i mean their debut album solvay was um, was very good um but this i think really takes them to a, a whole new level and uh we're gonna really like dive in and get into it. Um, before we forget, I, I wanted to read um, what Craig had to say, Craig, sorry, what Matt had to say, Matt Craig. Uh, he uh, says, I can't wait to hear this episode. I've known the band members for years since the first time I saw them in 2015. I would see them every time they played Rhode Island and Worcester after Solvay, their first full length. I said, this band is going to be huge. They, they're starting their scent and Adrian is a star, no doubt. Thanks for picking my request and looking forward to your thoughts. My favorite track from this album is "Every Crest," and uh, again, thank you, Matt. We're going to be um, posting, uh, you know, all three of our tracks of the week uh, throughout the week, so um, yeah, everybody has that to look forward to. So, uh, thanks again, Matt. How did you first? Uh, How you first come across Seven
0: Spires? I'm curious to know. Um, well, I. It's funny, I, I. Um... I don't quite recall how I first heard Seven Spires, but I actually wound up uh, meeting uh, Adrian uh, the night before Avantasia played in New York City back in 2015. Um, I believe she and some other people that some acquaintances of mine had all kind of just met up before before the, the night before the Avantasia show and were hanging out, um, kind of helping do some things behind the scenes, if you will. And we had gone out to dinner and she had mentioned that she was in this band Seven Spires. And that was kind of the first time that I had checked them out. So I've kind of been, my, my fingers been on that pulse for a while. Um, And when that album, you know, came out in back, you know, I guess it's back in 2016 or 2015 now, 2017. um, I, I knew that they were, you know, kind of getting this, this album together and then it obviously saw the light of day two years later. So that was my first, hearing about the band but i had never seen them live obviously because they weren't really playing shows um outside of boston at the time and you know i really didn't know what to expect other than you know i kind of knew they were a symphonic metal band um you know from the northeast yeah um i
1: i had a little bit of a different experience so um i i we were at Prague power and and god knows what year it was they're all starting to kind of bleed together um we, i mean you've been to almost all of them i i've been to everyone since 20 2009 so all these like you know the last like 10 of them or whatever 20 of the, how many oh my god i don't even know i don't want to talk about it um <laughs> but uh i remember you know mike who i mentioned earlier came up to me and he's like i just met the nicest uh the nicest woman this this uh this Adrian, she's in this band called seven spires. And I'm like, Oh, I never heard of him. He's like, yeah, she's really nice. She said to like, check out the band or whatever. So sure enough. um, When I got home, I-, I realized that they had a song on the the sampler that was passed out at the festival. And that song was the cabaret of dreams. And, it was actually my favorite song that was on that sampler. Um, it really stood out, I thought. And I even reached out to Adrienne to tell her, and she was like, oh, my God, that made my day. That's so nice that you would say that. And But, I mean, I really meant it. Um, so that, I guess they had released uh, more of like an EP, a seven-track EP called The Cabaret of Dreams in, in 2014. And all those tracks ended up being – uh, re-recorded for that that first full-length album Solvay in 2017 but um so just with that song and in, in the back of my mind I, I was looking forward to hearing their first full-length album and uh it didn't disappoint but um that one song I just remember thinking like here's a really cool song because it's different it, it really does kind of have a bit of that kind of cabaret sound but mixed in a kind of symphonic metal sort of way. And Adrian's vocals just, you know, they really stand out as anybody that's heard her sing would, uh, would notice. So um, that's kind of how I found out about them. And uh, it's kind of funny. I'm sure we'll talk about how uh, Adrian made her way onto a tour with Avantasia doing vocals with them. But it's funny that uh, you had mentioned um, you know, getting together and having dinner because the, the next night when they played in New York City, um, she was in the balcony with us. Uh, shout outs to, to Milton for hooking us up with that, you know, amazing view at the uh, the now closed uh, PlayStation Theater. But um, like we, I was just rocking out with her watching Avantasia and it was amazing to think that like a couple years later she would be on stage with them. So uh yeah just a, that's a little like couple of personal anecdotes about my history of, of uh the my awareness of the
0: band yeah it, it's interesting because you you know you, they 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 were i guess they all met each other at berkeley um up in boston which you know so many bands do right dream theater uh you know most notably um and other bands as well and and it's 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 kind of interesting that you have this like really prestigious, you know, arguably the best music school in the country, um, and and yet they're producing so many different, you know, Prague and 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 in this case more symphonic and almost power metal bands. Uh, it's 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 amazing how much creativity I guess comes out of there. But they they release they release in twenty seventeen and then. Um, to to no one's surprise, I guess they come back with their their sophomore release. You know, less than two years later, or just shade over two years later, I guess. Um, when they when they release Emerald Seas, um, when 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 you first when you first heard the new album, I guess what were your thoughts as it compared to the first one? Because I I have some kind of strong thoughts about that, but I'm curious to hear yours. Well, you know, I pre- I had pre ordered this, and um, the first
1: single that dropped was Succumb, and I remember listening to it and being like, "Holy crap!" Like, first of all, I noticed that there was a maturity in the in the in the in the, mu- in the production, in the in the songwriting. I mean, I, I thought that it, it was better than anything I had heard previously from them, and I mean, it, it's it's one of my favorite songs on the album, um, but. It. It. I. I just remember listening to it, and I forgot who it was that I sent the message to. It may have been you. It may not have been. But I was like, "Have you heard the new Seven Spires song? Because wow, like it's it's amazing. Like I, I was really blown away by the single, and then the next single that was dropped was Drowner of Worlds, which was like a whole nother like a whole another type of song. You wouldn't even. If you didn't know any better you wouldn't even realize it was the same band it, it, and and this was one where I remember um playing it for my friend Caleb and him being and him being a, a black metal fan was like wow this is like a black metal song this is so cool that they did a song like this so right then and there just from those two tracks alone you know I was thinking to myself like all right this is going to be first of all a very varied release and it's going to have a lot of layers but also um it's it sounds incredible um you know the, obviously they had brought on sasha pace to 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 help with the production and, and obviously this is a guy who's you know produced some of the greatest metal albums ever so you know his reputation precedes him um but that was my initial thoughts and then once i finally got to hear the entire thing it was kind of a slow burn for me um but it i think it hit me when we were prepping for our best of 2020 episode. I don't even think I had them in my top 25, but as I was kind of revisiting some of the releases from that year, I went back and listened to this again. I was like, all right, maybe, maybe I needed to pay a little more attention to this. So I listened to it a few more times and it ended up cracking. I think it was in the, the number 25 spot for me. Um, and in retrospect, it probably deserved to be a bit higher than that, but, um, uh, yeah, that that's kind of my initial thoughts on the album. But um, I think you had said like it was a grower for you, and it was the same for me. Like it took it it, it was. took me I, some time.
0: I'll tell you this: I, I my first exposure to the new album was seeing them live in New York City in in 2019. They played most of uh, most of the debut album, but they sprinkled in two songs um, from 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 Emerald Seas. They played um, "Succumb." And they played every crest, and even just hearing those songs for the first time in a live setting, they, I could tell that there was a little bit something different about the new album. Yeah, it, it, it certainly had that Camelot influence on the on the power metal tracks, and there's definitely like a Dimmu Borgir black metal influence on some of the you know the heavier tracks uh, on the second half of the disc. But I could tell that there was. Right away, I could tell that there were more hooks in the second album than there were in the first, and that's one of the things that I always gravitate towards. Uh, there's there's a million great songs out there, but if it doesn't have the hook, it probably is not going to have the staying power for me. Um, and I could tell right away that this album was going to have that. So when the album got released last February, I was uh, I, I had a, at least a taste of, of of what it might be like, but I. To your point, and you had mentioned this earlier, and it's one hundred percent true. This was a grower for me. I liked it when I first heard it. I went, I, I, I. But as I really dove deep into it, especially this week, I found myself listening to it more than any other album that we've covered during the weeks we've covered it. If that makes sense. In other words, there were other albums that I played, a, you know, a couple of times. But I literally had this thing on repeat the entire week because I found myself enjoying it more and more with every listen, which. I was surprised that because I knew I knew what the album was having, you know, just heard it last year, you know, a number of times. But it just got better and better this time around. And I, I'm not quite sure why that was other than the fact that I, I was just finding myself gravitating towards hooks in some of these songs, which I either overlooked or just simply didn't even appreciate the first couple times around.
1: Yeah, it just goes to show you that, like, sometimes listening to something once or twice might not be enough to really give you an idea of what you're dealing with and you know that's something for me especially when it comes to prog music like sometimes it takes me five six seven listens before it clicks i mean it took me like 12 years to even like a pain of salvation song so um sometimes for me like i don't know it it takes more than one listen this is just i think one of those things where you hear it and you're like yeah obviously this is very good but I, i think the more you you ingest it i listen to it six times this week, including, um, like literally right before we started this recording. Um, and the, on the final time I listened to it with headphones on, um, really loud and, and not just to drown out my dogs wrestling each other, but, um, <laughs> just cause I really wanted to hear it, um, like in my ears and, and it, it's, I, I think it sounded even better with, with the headphones on, um, just so crisp the production so crisp and clean um every song sounded awesome so yeah I, I agree this this is an album where if i had only listened to it once or twice it it would have gotten a lower rating than what i'm gonna end up giving it um it it, it without a doubt like grew its rating grew as
0: the week Went on. I was a hundred percent, and I guess let's just dive dive into it. The first track is is more of like a. It's interesting. It's kind of your run of the mill, um, you know, almost classically influenced symphonic track that so many bands are doing these days. Well well done, no no question. But the one thing that I thought was really fascinating about the intro track is that there's this muted uh, vocal solo kind of halfway through the track, which. I wasn't expecting when I first heard the album and kind of forgot about since then, but it's a real glimpse as to, I guess, like Adrian's talent, which the way it was recorded, it's, it's, it's muted. So you can't, you can barely even notice that it's there, but it's phenomenal. And it was just a really nice touch to what's otherwise your typical, like, like I said, standard, uh, you know, introductory track.
1: Yeah, I think we can thank uh, Rhapsody for that. Like that was, I feel like they, or maybe even Halloween, if you want to go back to like the Keeper albums, where you have kind of this like one and a half to two minute intro track that's a little bit more classic, classically influenced, like you said. But um, but like Rhapsody with the uh, the the Latin name to the Latin title of the name, so that kind of harkens back to that for me as well. Uh, You know, Era Tenots and uh, like. Epicus furor like it, it's i don't know that's what kind of it reminded me of but yeah i totally agree with you about like hearing that muted um vocal line or it's kind of like almost like previews uh, or, or gets you ready for like um you know get ready to hear like a, a really incredible vocal performance uh, start to finish so that's a it's a nice little intro and then
0: goes right into uh, ghost of a dream and just sets the table for you know the whole album yeah, th- this is really a tale of two albums, not in terms of quality, but just in terms of presentation. And it's very, uh, and, and, and as as you'll come to learn, it was done on purpose. But it was it was very very interesting to me when I hear songs of "Ghost of a Dream" or "No Words Exchanged." I think the Camelot and Serenity influence is really really strong. I, I, not just because of Sasha's you know help on the album, but just because of the way that the songs were composed. You can tell the influence of some of these. You know, power metal stalwarts that 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 are that are there with with obviously the orchestration behind it, and it's and it's great. And those and these 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 first really, I guess, these first five songs on the album, uh, "No Words Exchanged," "Ghost of a Dream," as we mentioned, "Every Crest," which is another phenomenal, has another phenomenal chorus, "Unmapped Darkness" and "Succumb." But all five of these songs really, the, the whole. The whole beginning of this album is just heavily... I mean, the Camelot influence to me is just very, very heavily, as is the Serenity influence. Uh, it's Yeah, I can't really argue
1: with any of that. Um, These are like really, really catchy, melodic um, songs with the musicianship too by everyone in the band is so strong. The guitar work, the drums, the bass, everything is... I mean, if you miss what... I think Camelot brought to the table in kind of their earlier days. Um, you know, I think this is, is kind of harkens back to that, but in a totally, you know, unique and different way. Um, yeah. I, I almost feel like Serenity might even be a better comparison. Um, just because I feel like Serenity is, is a little bit more melodic nowadays than, than Camelot who's I feel like is
0: aiming for more of a kind of, poppier sound yeah Um, when i say camelot i'm talking like fourth legacy uh epica you know i'm talking about old camelot and new serenity that's what i hear but, yeah, you know, yeah, I agree, and I, I think we should be, let's let's just mention the full lineup. We you know we had mentioned Jack, who does all the guitars and and, and writes a lot of the songs with Adrian on vocals, Peter Durano the bass player, and uh, Chris Dovis on drums. This has been the lineup that's been together pretty much for the re-recording of the debut, from what I understand, as well as on Emerald Seas, and they 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 do a great job here for sure. It, it's funny because when I when I hear a song like Every Crest, I almost hear a little bit of a Seventh Wonder influence, which again that could just be my untrained ear, but I guess. There's something about the way that the melodies are constructed, constructed that they do it the same way as a Seventh Wonder, although obviously without like the proggy, you know, the progginess of a Seventh Wonder. But just the way the melodies are constructed, I, I found that to be very interesting. Um, and, and you know, we mentioned. I think it's worth mentioning again. Uh, on succumb, right? Th- this track is is fascinating for me because this 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 was a track that has opened the eyes of certain people that were literally either. Disenchanted from, or just removed from this uh, genre for so long, but they—they they, a song like to come kind of hooked them right back in. Oh, without a doubt. Um, I'll I'll tell a story.
1: Um, on the the interview episode that um, it kind of just mirrors what you just said. I'll save it for that. But um, without a doubt, like I said before, when I first heard the song, I, I it really just blew me away, and I was so impressed with with just it really just got me so excited to hear, hear this album. And, and again, it's interesting how on the album itself, um, the first two singles kind of come one after the other. Cause then you have Drowner of Worlds that follows up and it's like, what a dichotomy. Um, those two songs just yeah, go ahead. It's, it's
0: <laughs> again, it's, it's, it's like hearing two separate albums once Drowner of Worlds starts. And, 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 you're talking about like a classic symphonic black metal song i mean i don't know how it's not not just the vocals but even the way that the drums were the drums were performed and, and the way things kind of just speed up um it's 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 truly remarkable you would think you were listening to a different band if you didn't know any better and 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 then obviously that we go into two uh, ballads in a row with silvery moon more of a classic ballad and bury you which is more of a power ballad and then right into another black metal anthem in Fearless. It's like two completely different albums for me, whereas you have this melodic power metal up front. And then, but for these beautiful ballads, really just a black metal second half of the album. It's, 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 or at least for a couple of the songs, it's, it's rather remarkable. And, and it's something that a lot of bands, I'm not even sure that any bands are doing that, right? Like just kind of on a dime, completely changing their sound to a different, quote unquote, genre of metal. Right.
1: And the I think what really is amazing about it is that the album flows so well in spite of that.
0: Yeah, it's not even like even you would think that it would be like a jerk to the system or to the listener where it's like, what, what the hell just happened after succumb? But it seems to flow seamlessly. And I think that that's it's remarkable to me because uh, normally that would be jarring to most. And I know that there are some listeners out here who, you know, I know for a fact that they're not really into black metal. This would be a good gateway for you because this is it has the 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 symphonic elements of the of the first half of the disc. But it just really takes a turn that I think um, just about anyone should be able to appreciate. And if you don't like this song then black metal's probably not for you. Yeah, because it only gets more it, it only gets more aggressive from there and I cannot wait to do some black metal on this show just because I think it's going to be a lot of fun because I know that it's not something that you're that well versed in and I think that's being generous. This very is very generous. F- yeah, very generous. <laughs> this, this is a real this is a real taste and 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 we will get to that in due time but um it's 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 just interesting how things turn i think that silvery moon is just a beautiful beautiful ballad you know just constructed over the piano and it's it, i don't want to say that it gets lost because it's right after drowner of worlds I'll, I'll actually say the opposite i think it's amplified in its beauty because it comes after this brutal track
1: yeah that's really well said really perfectly described um, these two tracks these two more mellow songs are so well done and I feel like again like it's another kind of uh platform I guess for lack of a better word for for Adrian's vocals just because like not only can she do this this really um you know guttural scary you know angry vocals on a song like drowner of Worlds um and fearless but also she has this beautiful almost willowy at times um just like very lovely voice that really stands out uh, in these two songs and it just goes to show you that like you know you have they're excellent at just a melodic symphonic metal song which they show in the first you know five full-length songs of the album they're excellent at putting together these these black metal styles tunes and they're excellent at Um, These these kind of more mellow y type songs. And then there's, you know, another um, segue with Love from the Other Side. And then it goes into um, the last vocal track on the album, The Trouble with Eternal Life, which I'm going to say is my uh, song of the week. I I was fully expecting to go into this and, and be like, "Sakam" is my track of the week, but this song has completely blown me away. It's my favorite song on the album. Uh, it's close, but it is my favorite. It's such a fantastic way to tie up everything, and it kind of reminds me of, of some of the great um, metal albums, uh, p- power metal albums, especially over the years, where they wrap up their album with this really, really, epic final track, Um, not epic in length. It's like a a typically length song, but just they cram a lot of, a lot of um, emotion and, and just like incredible musicianship into an under five minute bow uh, before there's this really cool kind of like instrumental outro uh, named after the album, which was similar to what they did on Solvay with the song Reflections. It was kind of like this, um, almost like a reprise of the theme of all the musical themes that, that took place throughout the album. Um, so yeah, with those two tracks just kind of wrapping things up. Um, I mean, it, it's, it's, there's not, there's not even a, an, a good song on this album because every song is great. Just start to finish a fantastic job.
0: Yeah. It, it's funny. The, the, one of the things I'll, I'll point out the, the disc only clocks in at about 49 minutes but I actually think it's perfect. Sometimes I find myself listening to these albums that go on for 70 minutes or 75 minutes. And by the end, I'm a little tired as a listener. Uh, whereas with this, I, I feel like it was actually the perfect length for an album, clocking in at 50, you know, just under 50 minutes. By the time it was over, I was ready to start it and play it again, which literally I did. I had this thing on repeat this week. Um, it was refreshing just because it's long enough that you... Feel like you are satisfied, but short enough that you don't feel like it's exhausting to listen to. Um, so for me, it was just like kind of the perfect length. And and I I I it is the number one word I would say is it was a grower. I liked it when I first heard it, and I wound up you know jumping on with you to record and wound up loving the album. And I think that that's just a testament to what you said earlier. Sometimes I think that I'm, I'm definitely guilty of just not giving things enough time. And if it doesn't grab me within the first listen, I kind of toss it to the side because we're just inundated with so much stuff that's you know comes out on a daily basis. I'm so happy we went back to this. Thank you to, to Matt Craig for, for, for having us go back to it because, again, I was aware of it. I liked it. But now I love this album and I and, and it's something that I'll continue to play and, and keep in rotation for, you know, until the new one comes out, because um, obviously we, we're it is a little bit timely, I guess, because as we were on the heels of recording this album or I should say recording this podcast and then obviously, you know, having our conversation with 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 Jack and Adrian. Their new single dropped, and it's called "The Cursed Muse." It comes out in uh, 2021. Uh, I should say it, it comes out uh, on the heels of a, a full length album that's due out this fall, later this year. Um, what did you think of the single? I liked it a lot.
1: It, it was. I found that it was almost like this perfect balance of um, the the melodic symphonic style and and the the heavier style kind of rolled
0: into one yeah it's like a nice blend if you will
1: Um, yeah which i i think like on emerald seas they they did a good job of keeping those worlds separate and i feel like in this case it's almost a little bit of both which which uh, it makes me very excited to hear uh what they
0: have in store for us on their their third album i'm really looking forward to hearing it i i I totally agree and before we before we you know kind of wrap things up and rate the album i just want to give my track of the week it was gonna be so easy for me to choose succumb to just because I, I it was one of my favorite 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 songs of 2020 but just in terms of the mood I was in and what really just kind of uh grabbed me I, I won't say it's my favorite track but i will say that fearless is my track of the week if you want something a little bit different it's just really just br- br- the most beautiful brutal song you can you can have
1: Since succumb wasn't either one of our tracks of the week, I'll give it its own award. It's my new favorite song
0: about cinnamon. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. I, I like it. I like it a lot. Um, I think that that is a, a nice testament to the album. I think. I, I think that. Uh, I, I look forward. I look forward, as I said, to, to hearing the the new album when it comes out this fall. And I, I do believe we'll we'll hear some more stuff before then. So that that should be good. On a scale of one to ten, what are you what are you rating this album?
1: Uh, I, it's, for me, it's a 9.0. Um, and I think that with time and, and as you know, it becomes one of those like old time classics for us that 20 years from now, we go back and listen to, I, I can see it go getting a higher ra- rating at that point. You know, it's like the reason eternity X's the edge gets a 10 is because it came out in 1997 and not last year. Um, like a fine wine, getting uh, better with age. Right? Exactly. Like it, it's really kind of hard, I think, to crack the nine threshold on an album that's brand new, because I feel like to really make it the perfect album, it's got to have that seasoning, where it's been a it's been with you for a certain amount of time. So. I'll say this is about as good of a rating as I could give an an album that's only about a year old. I'm
0: totally with you. I'm going to give it an 8.75 and only because I want to make sure that it has the staying power as, you know, songs from from yesteryear. Um, That's not an indictment against the album. It's actually a really strong rating. I just am curious to see, uh, you know, and and at some point maybe we can go back and revisit some of these reviews that we've done, you know, way down the line just to see if it holds up for us. Uh, you know, years down the line, but that's a story for another day. And, and, uh, you know, a story for another podcast, but yeah, it's an 8.75 for me. I, 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 you know, not much comes out that tops that these days in terms of ratings, uh, because staying power for me is a really important thing. And I think that that's why we gravitate to some of the albums from our youth because they, we know that they have that staying power. And because for decades we've been listening to this stuff, Uh, whereas with the newer stuff, you know, it's, it it was great, but does it, does it get pushed aside by other things? I doubt it, but you know, I I think that time, time will only push this up in the rankings. Yeah. I had an 8.75 in my head all week. And then
1: the uh, listening to the album this morning on headphones, one last time kind of just pushed it right to the nine for me. So I totally am with you pretty much a hundred percent on your thoughts. And I, I'm, I'm, and thanks again to Matt. Um, actually I have a couple of people I want to say thank you to. I want to say thanks to Matt for, uh, making the recommendation and always having such uh, kind words to us about the show. I want to say a huge thanks to uh, Jack and Adrian for taking the time to give us the interview that you guys will hear later this week. And finally, I want to give a, a thanks, a big thanks to uh, your family, your sister and your uh, sister's boyfriend and your mom for hooking us up with our first bit of merch and making us uh, metal exchange t-shirts. And I just posted a photo on our Instagram and Facebook of, uh, of myself sporting it. And, um, I, I just uh, blown away by that that uh such a, a thoughtful and generous gift from your family so uh, yeah I
0: was i a package comes in the mail earlier this week I, it was yesterday actually and I was like, what that what what is this and then I opened it up and I was like I, I I was shocked and 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 touched and all at the same time and obviously really really excited so it was it was uh, a very very pleasant. Surprise! And I've already said my thank yous, but I'll I'll say it here publicly. Thank you for that. It's it's awesome. And listen, if there's any interest, we can obviously uh, we can get some out to to the listeners if if they're if if it's something they're interested in. Uh, But yeah, like you said, our first bit of merch is now out there, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, mine has lots of dog hair on it, which I'm sure (laughs) yours doesn't. So um, that's.
1: yeah I just want to, I just want your family to know that it did not have dog hair on it when I received
0: it initially but M- much obliged I, yeah. I seventeen, 17
1: seconds later though
0: it was covered in dog hair as as is, as is often the case when you when you have them running around right
1: yep for sure
0: so, so i I guess it's my turn to um, pick something for 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 next week uh, let me just say this we have something really special lined up for the following week. we'll get there and, and we'll just tease it with saying I, I, it's something that I'm very much looking forward to. And I know that I'm going to be hijacking your pick of the week, uh, for, for the following week, but you know, such as life, you'll, you'll, you'll pick something for the 24th. But as for next week, I, I, I went back and forth on this a hundred times. I I think I had about eight different albums picked out at, at one point or another, but I, I, I finally settled on something, which I think you're going to appreciate. Uh, you know, we, have talked about Jeff, Jeff Scott Soto a lot, uh, especially a couple of uh, months ago, just in terms of various incarnations of stuff he was doing, um, with, with his solo project and obviously, uh, with the, the wet album that had come out earlier this year. Uh, but I thought it would be fitting to do something really, really early in his career, uh, something with Ingvay Malmsteen. So I, I actually chose Ingvay's Rising Force album from 1985. Uh, you want to talk about an album that I haven't listened to in a while? This is it. And I'm, I'm very curious to see how I, how I, uh, can appreciate, uh, you know, Jeff's fantastic vocals on top of Ingvay's um, let's just say uh, a classic guitar sound, but on top of uh, an album that you know came out more than thirty-five years ago. So, so we're gonna do "Marching Out" back from nineteen eighty-five. You know, it's so funny. I was thinking
1: just earlier this week, like we—I mean, how have we not done an Ingvae album yet? Thirty episodes in, so uh, timing is good. Um, I'm looking forward. I don't know this album. Terribly well. I just, uh, I know I'll See the Light Tonight, which is probably one of Ingve's most, uh, you know, uh, popular or well known songs, and I'm a Viking as well,
0: which, uh,
1: just when, got you are, so, when you
0: run around the house and you kind of like take your shirt off and stuff like that. I, 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 know how that song, you know, what that song does for you.
1: Yeah, it makes me very horny, but, um, because, <laughs> because of the horned hat, um, sorry, uh, I digress, um, uh, Jeff Scott Soto's band had played both of those songs uh when he did his solo set at Prague Power USA a few years back. But um
0: I believe is this this he only was on the two the first two albums with Ingvei, right? Yeah, that's right. He was on Rising Force and then obviously this this one in Marching Out. Um it's for a number of reasons. I, I had a feeling that you might not have been familiar with some of the deeper cuts on this, but as a as a Soto fan, I thought you'd also appreciate um appreciate you know, his, his contributions to this album. And, you know, and I'm sure we'll get into this next week. It would be so easy for me to do one of the uh, Malmsteen albums that I, I think you're more familiar with. And I, and I certainly thought about those as well, but I thought it'd be cool to do something that uh, at least for, for Yngwie fans is, 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 is widely regarded as one of, one of his uh, better works. Well, well, in all honesty, I'm really not outside of,
1: uh, you know, Seventh Sign, and, and my favorite song about pork chops, um, <laughs> that I'm not really familiar with any of Yngwie's albums start to finish other than seventh sign. So, um, so I'm looking forward to, to, giving this a listen, but like there, I have, there's Yngwie songs that I absolutely love. You know, you don't remember, I'll never forget liar. Um, I love, uh, I, I love Judas from the eclipse album, um, But like, it's always just like one or two tracks from each album that I'm familiar with. And maybe just by the time I became aware of Yngwie, it was just a little bit daunting to go back. And, you know, our our friend Brian was such a huge fan. And I remember him collecting all the albums and he knew every song. But I I always just kind of felt like, I don't know, like other bands kind of took precedence as far as if I was going to buy an album, I was probably going to buy a Halloween album or a Sabotage album uh, ahead of Yngwie. So, I mean, I I literally had The Seventh Sign was like the only Yngwie album I owned uh, for a long time. Um, So, yeah, this is cool. I'm glad I had a feeling one of us was going to pick an Yngwie album at some point. So uh, I guess now's the time.
0: Yeah, no better time than the present. So um, we'll bring Marching out next week. And then, like I said, a little something special the, the following week. Uh but for uh but for both of us here at the Metal Exchange, thanks for listening and we will uh, catch you on the flip side. Enjoy the conversation that comes to you on Thursday and uh Yngwie next week. I'll talk to you soon, but yeah,
1: shout out to whoever keeps hitting refresh on our Manowar episode on YouTube.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, whoever it is, or whoever, or whoever's listening, we we definitely appreciate it. Um, for some reason, just on YouTube, it has so many more listens than everything else. Uh, on the podcast feed, it's 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 a little bit different, but that for somebody's loving YouTube and, and Manowar, so shout out to uh, shout out to whoever that is. Yeah, Take it I'm, easy, sure, I'm
1: sure it's I'm sure it's not Joey DeMaio in his underwear, <laughs> I, at I, all. hitting refresh. I, or by I,
0: uh, by underwear, I mean loincloth. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy the rest of the week, man. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Take care.